0: Hello, my name is Andrew Morgan. My name is Shane Beauregard. And my name is Chris Fordell. And together, we form like Voltron to make a brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast called Recent Activity. Every Wednesday, we will bring you deep dive reviews of the hottest titles from around the film and TV world. Previews of the next big things to add to your watch list. Or do fun things like top five lists, movie drafts, or anniversary celebrations of your favorite classic films. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Starting May the 11th.
1: Hello there. I'm Colleen.
0: I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. Uh, we're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories. So, of course, we love Star Wars.
1: And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's crying nerds talking about Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> I'm fine. So, each episode, we journey oh. to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast.
2: This week, we are slowly marching to war to discuss the 12th episode and season one finale of Andor, titled Rick's Road. The episode was written by Tony Gilroy and directed by Benjamin Caron. Be warned, spoilers here for this episode, all things Star Wars, probably some other stuff. You you never know, we spoil whatever we talk about. Uh, Sorry. There's definitely probably some adult content, including some swearing and some rampant thirst.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. it's
2: gonna it's yeah. gonna be coming so guys <laughs> before we start do we can we just all agree the guy who knocked over b2 was going straight to hell Fuckin. absolutely of course Fuckin.
1: Rhaegar Targaryen we're watching you for real <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right then well let's punch it with an episode recap all right so we start out with Pac's son Wilman he's building some sort of device in his shop I was really nervous when I saw this.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. At the mm-hmm. same time, Dedra arrives on Ferex, and Brasso learns that Cassian is back on planet for Marvis' funeral. He tells his friend, don't say anything to anyone else. Just connect us. We'll, we'll leave it at that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Dedra and Korf don some hoods, because that's the only disguise that's possible <laughs> in the Star Wars yeah. galaxy, and actually most fantasy stories is you yeah. just throw a hood on.
3: Yeah.
2: There's no and... baseball caps. Nope. Nope it's true it's a logoless hood
1: yeah uh-huh.
2: and they walk through the <laughs> streets while Zanwan and nurchi talk about the impact that marvis death is going to have on the community back on coruscant a visibly stressed mon mothma gets in the car opens her jacket just to breathe and then just straight up berates perrin for his gambling saying that it's <laughs> causing issues with their accounts it's hilarious because he is Absolutely insistent, that yes. he's not doing this, yes. and he's actually mm-hmm. probably telling the truth mm-hmm. because this is all a ploy. Uh, he says that she's being lied to while their driver, Chloris, quote unquote, secretly
0: listens in.
1: Mm-hmm. He can't hear us, he's so mm. smart. The chauffeur hears everything, Karen.
0: She's mm. so smart, she's playing the game. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, <sighs> and then we have. Reunited, and it feels so frosty actually because Senta's <laughs> keeping her eyes on the mission, not keeping her eyes on Vel when uh Vel and Senta get back together. Mm-hmm. Um, she is focused, she is ready to get to Cassian before the Imperials do. Mm-hmm. She notices that there's uh bosses arriving, she notices ISB uh plants that like she is doing the job. Uh, she hasn't seen Cassian though, who roams the streets. <laughs> like he's he knows these streets like come on he grew up here Mm -hmm. uh he finds a a brick and it's his father's uh Mm -hmm. so he's thinking back to his dad clem and uh it's fine oh that yeah that flashback was like come on man so beautiful
1: rude yeah (laughs) it's like i
0: i love how such Mm -hmm. a short flashback was able to convey what like, what a warm man Clem was. Like, you could tell that he was a good father. Yeah.
3: Uh, Don't tell so your later mom. On,
0: <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, 500 credits a pop? <sighs> like, I think she'll be happy with the results. Yeah. So later, Cassian sneaks into uh, Bix's scrapyard and finds Pegla there. Mm. And they're about to sell the place. Uh, Cassian finds out about Bix being captured and... That is when he starts listening to Nemec's manifesto. Listening to this guy talk about the Empire's unnatural need for control and how the galaxy's full of people who are already part of the Rebellion, even if they don't know it yet. Each mm-hmm. act of resistance is one more step to the Empire's downfall. I I could have listened to like the rest of the episode just being yeah. the manifesto. It was amazing. Yeah.
1: Fantastic uh, reading, too.
0: Right? I just so good hell yeah Nemec, you are a king eternally uh and then dedra and Tigo are discussing pe- preparations for the trap so the empire's relaxed patrols they push the time back a couple hours and they're gonna do 40 people for the funeral
1: yeah, now that's just a small we, party
0: <laughs> yeah we we gave them 10 extra of, like what do they have to complain about yeah. Uh so they they plan to have snipers on the roof but Deja refuses she needs Cassian alive and she is tired of repeating that
1: mm-hmm. I think I text I, I might have texted the group where I was like well this is some big Thrawn energy no that Something. was me <laughs> that was it was Jesse Anderson's Daniel <laughs> hadn't okay. watched yet it was like yeah this is some big Thrawn I need to like actually speak with people witnesses yeah. which is a very fair assessment like and if smart. they think that Cassian knows who Access is, then they do need somebody alive. So back at ISB headquarters, chauffeur Cloris is reporting to Blevin about Mon mothma and Perrin's gambling conversation. Blevin likes this as it may provide needed leverage over the senator when the time comes. In the briefing room, Partigaz is getting the news that the operation to take out Krieger was successful, with no rebels surviving. Whoopsies. On the phone, yep. Dedra is really not happy about this. Once again, she wanted people alive. You can't get information from dead men. Dead men tell no tales, everyone. Cardigas informs her that the point here was to send a message and sue the Emperor's ego after uh-huh. Elthani. <laughs> mm. He's a
0: sensitive boy.
1: He really is. He is putting out some, I just bought a major, like, app. And, <laughs> you know, I have to have my ego stroked. Like, I mean, if they me. break him any
2: more any more bad news he's gonna go zappity zap
1: he is he's gonna go zappity zap he's gonna turn into lego palpy and nobody wants that i do <laughs> i know we all we want that <laughs> we want to see palpatine go absolutely shit about like one robbery <laughs> like, for real
0: i mean that <laughs> would be pretty great
1: it would be really good especially if he's yelling at tarkin for like no reason whatsoever like, this isn't even my area dare you <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, so wants her to focus on capturing Axis, which in fairness is what she's trying to do like right she's like help me help you for real i'm trying to do this here
0: would have been nice to talk to somebody about it but whatever
1: really would have been nice of an interrogation (laughs) 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 maybe speaking of interrogations that never get to happen luthan lands on barracks and makes his way toward the city he's also super like sleuthy secrety in this episode he also has a hood but it's not like all the way up he's like just looking kind of cash just hiding in plain sight in front of everybody and then we get our boy cassian meets with brasso i love him (laughs) In an underground tunnel, I was like, "Can I meet with Brasso in an underground tunnel?"
0: I mean, (laughs)
3: preach!
1: Oh my god, so many! I had to pause for a minute there. So Cassian regrets leaving everyone behind, especially Vix and Marva, which is very understandable. Brasso tells him what Marva said before the end, how much she loved him, and how he has all he needs to make it in the galaxy. I was like, "Nope, (laughs) no."
0: That is not all right.
1: Ooh. Just like bangers all out. Right. She, she, so.
2: lo- she loves him more than anything he could ever do wrong.
1: Yes. <laughs> this is big Itachi uh, energy. <laughs> if, no. if anybody has watched Naruto, Daniel you has. Can't...
0: <laughs> it's not been that long since I finished the series. You can't bring up that fresh wound to like
1: that. I'm so sorry, Daniel. But it is very much like that. This kind of familial love will Always be there.
3: Ooh.
1: Cassian is like, okay, I got this. He's determined to rescue Bix, and Brasso says he'll take care of the funeral that, so that Cassian can actually go do that. We also see Cyril and Mosk on a bus into the city, and they exchange hats for some reason.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: you no, gotta
2: get the
0: your right hat. Fit. Looks better, bestie. Yeah. Like, oh my god, that looks better for you.
1: <laughs> I don't. <laughs> they dwebs. didn't need to include that scene for any reason, but I'm so happy that they did because they kind of had like this yes. cute bro energy. <laughs> Just sitting on a bus.
2: We're just just
0: two guys gonna take on the whole world. Look at us.
1: I was actually surprised that Loss was there. But I was delighted. Delighted that he showed
2: up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. So we have Vel touching base with Luthen, who again reiterates the plan to take Cassian out before the Empire can capture him and tells her to, you know, get back with Cinta. The funeral procession starts With these musicians leading the procession with these amazing like flute-like instruments and the slow beat of these drums, everyone is moving into place. Cassian spots Luthen from his hiding spot, has a little mini panic attack,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) and Nurchi meets with Korv and bargains for passage off planet and double the reward in exchange for Cassian. He tells Korv where Cassian's hiding. The large crowd of funeral attendees, much more than 40. Just a few. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Fill Rick's Road on the buildings, in the streets, in the windows, they're everywhere. uh, As Corv attempts to get at Cassian, who spots them all coming and flees. So Cassian makes it into the hotel and gets Bix's location out of a cook. Which, why did the cook know where she was? I don't know. But it works.
1: Some gruel. And yeah, they had to bring food up <laughs> there. Yeah.
2: And then Little b too, Emo, rolls up to the head of the funeral and starts this big recording of Marva,
3: mm-hmm. who
2: recounts her history as a member of the Pharrex community and ultimately urges everyone to stand up and fight against those bastards, the Empire. Mm-hmm. Captain Tigo does not like this. And after trying to cover our little bee, Knocks him over, which causes Brasso to break and immediately start to fight. The rest Martin of the kicks him in the chest. Absolutely. As should have oh, happened. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, it's instant. The rest of the crowd joins in yeah. and a riot is on. The Imperials try to quell them with blasters, but it's absolutely no good. Then Willman throws the device he was making earlier, a bomb. Mm hmm. Into mm-hmm. a pile of Imperial grenades, causing like a chain reaction explosion. And it's awesome, killing yeah. Nurti, that asshole.
1: Yep. Big Sabine Wren vibes.
2: Absolutely.
1: Loved it. Yeah. No notes.
2: <laughs> Dedra gets assaulted, and she's, it looks like she's like covered in zombies mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, for real. Yeah. But she's ultimately saved by Cyril. And the two share the weirdest exchange I've ever seen in my entire life, hiding out in some kind of a closet thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Holy Tetris- crap. Normally, well acted, if it's, though. Holy crap.
0: <laughs> if it's safe to come out of the closet, I always encourage it and hope people get to do it safely. You weirdos stay in the closet because nobody needs to see you. Like, the looks on their faces, it's just so freaking weird. Because
2: Dedra still has her kind of sneer, but she's also confused, and she's still scared, and Cyril's just like, honey, please make out with me. And I'm like, please don't. I don't need to see that. I'm glad
0: he didn't be a freak about it and try to go for it. At least he respected boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. That is the only positive (laughs) I will give that little weasel nerd Cyril all season.
1: Right. Concur. (laughs)
2: So Corv manages to find Cinta, but she stabs him and and gets away.
1: Good I for cheer. you girl.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Thought
2: the so knife was kind of small.
1: And it doesn't <laughs> matter. She just so long as you don't it, it.
2: Yeah. I mean, she gives him do. like two stabs with it, and he and he's out. Yeah. And Cassie manages to get Bix out of her cell while Vel and Cinta are packing up Senta's equipment and get the hell out of
0: Dodge. Heck yes. Uh, I love that some of their equipment is a cat carrier. That made me very happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in the, the shipyard loft cat carrier. Peg- Yay. Yeah. Oh my God. If only there was one. Um, that's one of the weird cameos I'd be down for. Uh, but uh, instead of a loft cat, we got some junkyard dogs who were barking yeah. as Pegla and Brasso were preparing to take off, uh, but they're barking at Cassian who's there with Bix. So like, that's, that's good. Uh, it's B who spots them with Cassian. Oh, that was uh, my the
3: heart. Cutest,
0: <laughs> the cutest thing. Uh, oh. So, not only is Brasso there, one of the daughters of Ferex, who was helping clean up uh, Marva's apartment, is there. Um, I think she might be the acting president right now. I'm not sure. I think so. Um, yeah. yeah. And then there's uh, Willman and then B as well, obviously. And they are able to make it off planet with Cassian promising to find them later and giving instructions on how to get out of there. Mm. And uh God, that was so sweet with Bix being like, no, he'll, he'll find, find us. us. Oh,
1: I really hope so.
0: <laughs> I, I hope so too. Nice. Uh Ooh. on Coruscant, Lita is introduced to Davos son, uh Stechen. So that was. Ugh, made my skin crawl and yes to anyone else did it look like Perrin was uncomfortable too yes yeah and it kind of yeah.
1: looked like Davo's wife was uncomfortable as
0: mm-hmm. well I don't think anybody's comfortable in this situation no. except like, for Davo
1: Lita and Stecken kind of looked into it because they're teenagers and they don't know yeah. any better <laughs> they're like I'm gonna meet a boy I'm gonna meet a girl okay <laughs> and Please, they're I hope
0: cute, so. a normal kid I, really I really hope so I hope so luthan gets back to his ship and he's ready to bug out but uh cassian's waiting for him and Mm -hmm. he's tired of running cassian tells tells luthan just kill me now or take me in and we see a real true smile come across luthan's face because that's it he knows that he can trust him now at this point Mm -hmm. welcome aboard baby and then we get a post-credits scene there are droids using the parts made on Narkina 5, and they are setting up the Death Star. Bum bum bum. 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 I wonder where that's gonna lead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> droids here, not too expensive. Spare no expense mm-hmm. on building the Death Star.
2: <laughs> what planet what planet were they over? Because they must they were beyond Geonosis. That was not Geonosis.
1: No, and that's where they were at first yeah, and then but... the geonosians are all slaughtered right that's yeah. in rebels but i don't know when they leave geonosis yeah, it was too I blue to be geonosis have to rewatch that yeah. scene same yeah but it's very interesting to know they're already on the move and probably have already killed them because i guess in rebels callus does mention that you know and or, or zeb mentions to Callus, he's like how about the geonosians like they gone like there's no people yeah. here and Callus yeah. is like hmm maybe i should ask more questions oh. <laughs> maybe okay maybe we're gonna get into our overall reactions for the episode we're gonna go over a couple things later for what we thought of the season but we're gonna start with just the finale i've gushed pretty much all season about this show some of the first episodes i was like okay we're getting into it like okay
3: mm-hmm.
1: we're here for it but this finale i think delivered something really special because i had high high hopes i i think you guys did as well <laughs> considering yeah, the at show up to that point but it was really full of surprises and i was not expecting some of the things that were that happened like we knew everyone was heading to ferricks for the final showdown but then nothing really happened the way we guessed exactly because mm-hmm. we knew bix was going to be rescued like please lord i thought she might have died <laughs> so, yes i was really hoping she would not die but we thought like a couple other people it. might die we thought that cyril might screw up like he could have for real I Him was and Moss hoping he fucked would fuck shit up royally but he, he he did it in fact he might get laid out of this who even knows although jedra seems Ugh. more like the kind of person that's going to be like no you're my dog or my like he's the sub and she's the dom and that's the relationship <laughs> they have he'll get off on it so it's fine Uh, The performances in this, the cinematography, the music, oh my god, every single music cue, every time the band changed tempo, the freaking timekeeper sledgehammer wielding awesomeness (laughs) in the tower, kicking the stormtrooper out like he was in 300, freaking just laid out that Wilhelm screaming stormtrooper, that was everything I've ever wanted,
3: (laughs) Also, bad decision very, on the
2: Empire's part. Happy. When he said take them out, I absolutely thought they were just going to turn one of the cannons on the tower and just
3: destroy same, it.
1: Same. Same. Yeah. That would have taken him out <laughs> for real. Um, and also, Brasso headbutting a stormtrooper with his bare head. <laughs> that was also <laughs> amazing. <laughs> oh. Let's yeah.
3: Just say. Um,
1: yeah. Everything was just perfectly executed in this episode. I was never bored. I was never looking at my phone. That's like our flow. On if the episode was good or not. Flo, I'm guessing, did not look at her phone either here. But, like, what a way for Marva to go out. Fiona Shaw, we wanted another moment with her. This was magical, even as a hologram. Like, holy shit, this performance hits so hard.
0: I love that she was Uh, larger than life in
2: that moment. Yes. I do too. I was actually thinking about it too. One of the things that made this performance so amazing and just a little bit different from a lot of the stuff we see Fiona Shaw in. I can't think of a better word for it is that she's in this show she's scruffy in a way that Fiona Shaw almost never is in everything I can think of her in she is very like prim very prim prim, very well groomed everything Mm -hmm. Petunia um, Killing Eve Mm -hmm. that terrible Avengers movie
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh Dennis Hopper King Koopa's wife Glad oh, yeah. She is in <laughs> Super Mario Bros. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Just what oh, a great send off for this character. I'm very glad that she was not secretly alive. That would yeah, have Yeah, no, wait. So Tony cheap- Gilroy
2: wouldn't do that.
1: No. It would have cheapened this it. This moment was just so amazing, not just for Star Wars, but for television in general. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Also, using Nemec's manifesto at the beginning of the episode, then Marva's monologue at the end. This could have like felt really overwrought, but it worked, just like it worked in episode 10 with mm-hmm. Kino and Stellan Starsguard giving their monologues. Like They bookended each other so perfectly. Overall, I'd say I loved how the season was structured. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. I just like that we got enough time with each character to kind of get to know them and worry about them and actually hope that they were going to survive. And then, of course, Brasso is now my third husband. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm going to claim him. <laughs> Daniel
0: we can share Uh, yeah I'm sorry I'm part of Brasso's harem I don't know what you're
3: talking about
0: (laughs) um we can share them if you need to but like you don't have exclusive rights there (laughs) Uh, I mean I he was already third husband or yeah he's not my third husband but like you know that's (laughs) his title now
1: I've got Um, two other husbands
0: (laughs) I mean I was already sold but then he headbutted the stormtrooper and I was like (laughs) well we're locking it down for real now Um, But, okay Actually, (laughs) thoughts on the episode Um, Mm -hmm. I loved how much they made us Care about the people of Ferex Beyond just thirsting for Brasso Uh, Mm -hmm. And, like, I cared about the people I cared about the city And, like, like, it felt like a real place Like, with a real connected community And culture Mm -hmm. And I love how the finale centered on them Uh, Like, it That place wasn't just a throwaway place To start the season We kept coming back here And it mattered And so, like, we cared about this place, so when they built it up to the, like, scene of them just revolting, it, like, it had weight. And I I like that this wasn't some stylized action set piece where it's like, oh, well, guess what? We were hiding blasters and our musical instruments, and now it's a gunfight. And No, it was, it was brutal, and it was hard to watch. Like, it was sad, and like, they lingered on Zan's face after he was shot, and like, Mm it you saw the the price of rebellion you saw it up close and personal and Luther had to see it up close and personal too
3: yep.
0: like i like that they took a moment to show him reflecting and and looking down on what what had happened like he didn't cause it here but this is what he's causing across the galaxy or what he's tr- trying to inspire mm-hmm. and it really made us look at this is this is the true price of what's happening and and the depths of where the empire will go and it was just i liked that there was consequence to it i really i really appreciated the maturity with which the writers handled it i i was afraid it was gonna devolve i i wasn't by the time we got to the end but i mean like when when the series started i was like is it gonna devolve in the end like a lot of disney produced shows do where it becomes Mm -hmm. an Action is it going festival. to have a Marvel, oh. a Marvel, a Marvel. Yeah, movie? is it is it going to have a Marvel ending, or is it going to have a like a, a like a Boba Fett or a Kenobi? I stand the Wandavision finale. I do
1: like oh, the
0: Wandavision. I, I did love the Wandavision yeah. finale, but like, does it have to have a big set piece? And no, it it doesn't. It can just be something that you desperately don't want to happen,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it, yeah, I just, I really really loved how they handled this and and the whole season like they if they hadn't if we hadn't gone through everything that we had this finale would not have been so impactful so just hats off to everyone who worked on this show yeah
2: yeah yeah, i'm with you guys this was just this episode was just so fantastic as a standalone episode and as a finale every beat from beginning to end was just incredible Rosso's delivery of Marva's words to Cassian was so powerful, so well-acted. His accent shifted. Like, he hit Fiona Shaw's vocal mannerisms as he was Mm -hmm. going perfectly. It was so well done. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Generally, of course, protect B at all costs. Um, I was actually worried at one point that his power was going to run out during the speech. Like, she flickers for a second, and I'm like, oh, my God, is B's power going to (laughs) die? no. He's too um, strong for that. He's a good boy. Yeah, he's a good boy. Uh, I love Dedra, thinking she's the smartest person in the room, even when she's not even in the room. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> Talking, mouthing off to her boss, being like, someone needs to be there to tell you guys to get your heads out of your asses. Yeah. Ego.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, <laughs> that funeral procession gave me really, really strong like V for Vendetta vibes in the... Sl- yeah.
3: With very all people do we hear there.
1: the people saying moment. Yeah,
2: very do we hear the people saying? <laughs> You can tell from like some small mentions throughout the episode, like we the empires talking about limiting the funeral number and shifting the hours, but contrast mm-hmm. that with the number of people that do turn up, and the fact that you know Marva had to record this thing at some point, and you actually get a sense of how much planning and coordination behind the scenes where they had, without mm-hmm. actually yeah. showing us Brasso and the daughters of Ferrex like sitting around a table with a map on it, right. I love Mosque at the end of it all, just saying, fuck it, I'm getting drunk.
1: That was so powerful.
2: (laughs) Yeah. The music, Colleen, you mentioned this, but the way the instruments shift from that slow, mournful march into a faster pace, slightly hopeful. It's just so haunting. It's so beautiful. It's so moving. Mm -hmm. In regard to the post-credits scene, I thought it was cool, but not necessary like yeah i could mm-hmm. i, I could have done without it it's fine it's it's cool but that above anything else that kind of felt more like a studio note
1: yeah. rather than
2: like tony gilroy made it this yeah. way
1: <laughs> we need to tie it in somehow yeah. give us a tie-in mm-hmm. but it was still cool still liked it yeah still yeah. very well filmed like it looked oh yeah gorgeous it looked beautiful but
0: i honestly could have gone without knowing what okay. that piece mm-hmm. went to like it because yeah. yeah. i don't think that was ever the the most important thing about the prison art no
1: it was like not. a very hit the nail on the head directly kind of thing
0: right yeah um i did real quick actually want to talk about that mosque moment because i realized i, I forgot to mention it in in my section do you guys think he was affected by what he saw because i my interpretation was of it was yeah. he saw cyril abandon him he saw the empire gun down civilians and i I think the image of the empire that he had in his mind was shattered in that moment mm-hmm. where it's not just about keeping the peace and an order. Like yeah. they're gunning down civilians. I think he's having like a, a crisis of faith in that moment. I absolutely Do think, think so. He might rebel later on. Could be.
1: We I might mean, not ever see him again, but that scene said to me,
2: he'll get a comics. Shocked. Shell Shocked. Yeah
1: guy that needs therapy and won't get it and then he's gonna be like fuck you the empire what the actual hell because he's super gung-ho he reminds me a lot of wrecker from the bad yeah. batch who's just like really into his job and wants to do his job but his job is not to murder civilians right like but... that is not what he would have signed up for he's not that kind of guy he's a military kind of guy and I then mean, just that give him a, and Marvus. Uh... he was like this like watching Marvus speech just like an awe
0: like oh she might be spitting and mm. luthan, oh, mm-hmm. luthan was yeah Luther was
1: out. like oh, my stars if only i would got this woman <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's got
1: bars <laughs> yes
2: all right then well we've kind of started on a little bit so let's move right into our next section here mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. character through the characters and some other general discussion points so once again we start with our guy Cassian. And once again, Cassian's in the shadows until the end. He's not in the midst of the action showcasing his ability to just kind of blend in. Daniel, you said that he's moving through those streets. No one knows he's there. He is the perfect spy. He's able to move without being detected. He's able to have that proper send off from Marva. And we also got that scene with Clem. (laughs) It was just so sweet. So now Andor can move on from Ferrex and into the rebellion, into the intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he confronts Luthen at the end, he's transitioned from this upstart to being fully invested in this fight. He's not just in it for his cut and for the money. That might still be a nice bonus. Yeah. But now he's in it for the cause. Yeah. yeah. He knows what's yeah. been happening. He knows the consequences of not only his own actions, but also what the Empire is doing. And he's had enough. He is done. Yep. Yeah. And he's this ready to how- lead. he's ready to put his own life on the line for the cause.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. Like he's ready to die for the cause yeah. if needed. The empire has yeah. turned him into a cinta. Mm. Yep, it's almost like and, they're uh, seeding their own downfall.
0: Oh, just about. And the guy collecting them all, Luthen. He came to Ferrex with just one goal. He was going to kill Cassian. Because that is a loose end and it needs to be taken care of, but then he listens to Marva's speech and and you can see the wheels are turning in his head. He's like, oh, okay, there there might be something more to these uh, to this family here, and he was floored by like this this simple brick uh, laying lady from Ferex. and she is giving out the most impassioned plea. She's speaking well. She's like, she's really really stirring things up and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he listens all that, heads back to his ship and he's presumably gonna leave. And he finds Cassian there and and listens to him and he's like, What game are you playing? But no, like Cassian's legit with him and he he might be ruthless, but he knows a solid investment when he sees one. And I, I think this is he's he's very happy because in this moment he gets the asset that he wanted to recruit in episode three. Mm-hmm. He wanted Cassian. He knew Cassian had the skills, but when Cassian was only willing to be a mercenary, Luthen said, "Okay, I'll pay you and then cut you out of it." But when he sees that Cassian's all in in that moment, perfect. That that was the easiest two hundred uh, thousand credits he could have spent.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, he spent was- two
0: hundred thousand credits and got a
2: <laughs> champion. Mm-hmm. so that actually comes to one of my questions coming out of this was this what he was hoping for from the jump i think so. that cassian would get to this point
0: i really he think, so. I think he him. wanted it from episode three like when he met cassian i think he was hoping that like all right you're already working against the empire come on
1: like yeah.
0: do something real not just this petty shit i think he, he was hoping thought, that that yeah. spark was there already
1: yes. he might have thought cassian was already there mm-hmm. but he yeah. was not He just had had to go go through a little
0: bit. Yeah, he had to. He had to get hardened a little bit, and uh, yeah, it
1: worked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It
0: worked, but I—if only he hadn't had to.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Mm. a lot of stuff is happening because of Luthen's actions. Like, you know mm. what?
0: If if he hadn't gone to prison, he wouldn't have met Melshi. Right.
1: Yeah. Melshi, the true love story. Of, mm-hmm. of andor <laughs> we miss you Malshi. please come back okay next back up our another ruthless character holy Ooh. shit mon mothma holy destroying day. things left and right and good she does her. it so quietly oh yes yeah, totally mm-hmm. good for her i love that she sets Perrin up as the patsy for a while her money is being like leached away when she's so like, smart. You haven't been taking it from the family accounts, have you? <gasps> Gasp, I need to go lie down. <laughs> and Cloris just <laughs> Is
0: that my camera? Up.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and freaking Perrin's like, What? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs>
0: blindsided.
1: Yeah, absolutely blindsided. And Perrin is not like he doesn't know Mon well enough to know when she's like faking. Like mm-hmm. obviously. But I don't know when she's faking. <laughs> it <out of> it. <laughs> Walked right into that one, uh, yeah, but then glad, she also does that. completely align herself with Davo here. Like the gangster didn't expect this like formal betrothal. He yes. was like got- hoping to go to a party and like have his son yeah. and Lee to meet. I'm He's like, BS I don't know my kid. That. My kid's great. I mean, I think he would have hoped for it, but I don't think he thought he would get there this quickly.
0: Exactly. I, I think
1: he thought it would take a lot more.
0: He but was ready then- to play the long game. And yeah, mom said, happy. okay,
1: yep, here in we for go. a penny, in
0: for a pound. Yep. We're doing it, baby. Private
1: private intro, all parents present, only parents present. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Lita looked angry at all. Uh, and Davo's son is pretty cute. Like, he looks young. Thank the good Lord they did not hire some like 25-year-old to play a 14-year-old. Right. Because that would have been creepy as fuck.
0: Yeah. This kid no, just looks
1: like a 14-year-old. Two
0: actual teenagers.
1: Yes, and that doesn't make it good in any way, shape, or no. form. But at least their it's age is somewhat
3: less creepy. The
1: same way. Like they're the same age. It's okay. But still, Mon is like sacrificing all of her relationships here for the rebellion. Just oh, to say yeah. mm. she
2: is.
3: Mm.
2: As I was thinking about it though, I had a couple of questions about these, these couple scenes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So when she first brings up the gambling with Perrin and we realize what she's doing. Am I the only one who thought that this was she was trying to make this her way out altogether? Like by doing this, she could avoid the Davos situation.
1: Yes. See, I thought that at first.
0: That would have been nice. But in my mind, that's just it was too easy. So Mm -hmm. I, I was thinking that, like, it makes it look like her marrying Lita off to this guy. The ISB is like, oh, okay, like she's got some money problems cuz of pairing. like mm-hmm. i we see what's happening we're just going to let it keep uh-huh. sliding
3: yeah.
0: i i think yeah. she was just making all of the money moves look more like not more to make them look less suspicious
3: yeah okay. so
0: i she knew the game yeah. she was playing in my mind i think mm-hmm. she uh yeah she had to set the she had to set the table for them so that when uh you know everything becomes yeah. public about davo yeah. They'll be like, oh, OK, OK, we see what's going on. And okay. then
1: if she continues to meet with him, it won't be suspicious either. Because their That's kids true. are exactly. betrothed. And yeah. if her husband owes money to him, then there's many reasons why they can be meeting. Yeah. Together.
2: Yep. Now, she was very, she did not want to do this with Dava. She did not want to introduce the kids. But if we think about it in truth... From the very moment she said yes to taking the meeting with Davo and sitting down with him, she was pretty much at his mercy and would have to have acquiesced to more or less whatever he wanted her to do. Yeah. He would never have come to the table if
0: she had another option. Right. Mm -hmm. She would never have come to the table if she had another option.
1: Because just from having that conversation,
0: he has leverage on her.
1: Yeah. 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 He knew.
0: No one reputable would have to come to him. No, and, but he you know, I in mean, the he could also, eyes of everyone.
2: Right. But he also has enough like, hmm, Mon Mothma's coming to me, who is known to be kind of shady. That's easy for him to just turn around and tell the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> if she doesn't sure. give in to whatever he wants.
1: Right. But now he doesn't want like his son's status ruined. So I think it's gonna be kind of a give and take here, but definitely more for Dabo at this situation.
0: Yeah, but he's Way gonna, gonna have to keep her from. propped up.
1: Yes, he's going to have to keep her propped up so that his marriage, like the son and the daughter's marriage, still hold place. I was actually thinking about that. Like, what do you guys think about this possible betrothal? Like, I think if she is betrothed to Davo's son, she'll be safer. Like, she could be on Chandrilla instead of Coruscant. Mm -hmm. Uh, She could be just, like, out of the picture when Mon does her public defection. So then the Empire is like, well, we could use her daughter against her, but she's married to this very wealthy gangster slash banker slash casino guy who we don't want to piss off either.
0: Yeah, because money does buy protection in this world still. It really does. does.
1: Especially if he's like donating money to certain projects that start to get really expensive. The Death Star or the Death Star part two. He could be like (laughs) money. We don't know, and he's connected, obviously. Or Starkiller
2: Base—that gets construction on that starts pretty soon.
1: Exactly, like there's all kinds of things that he could be giving money to, and he's also a distraction. Like he runs casinos, he keeps people complacent and keeps people happy, Mm
3: -hmm. and he's
1: like kind of like the devil. They know, like who would move in if Davo is taken down? Exactly. Kind of like how they don't bother with the huts. Like we're not, we're not going near that. We're not going to touch anything in the outer room dealing with that, so we don't want to deal with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you guys handle your business and we'll just give you the thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we've got Dedra. She has a very traumatizing event, just kind of like Cyril did uh, at the beginning of the season. She thinks she's walking into the sure thing. She is instead caught up in... A very violent altercation she gets a rock just smashed into her face falls over drops her blaster and then is swarmed i i thought they were going to start ripping her apart on the street oh yeah yeah. and uh yeah yeah, it was cyril's quick thinking though he grabs the gun and he plays it off like he's leading her away at gunpoint and no saves her i mean she was rightly terrified i mean Th- that situation would be horrifying for anyone and i i did kind of feel bad for her but then i remember no she's a she's a space she fascist sucks. she's horrible <laughs> she, she sucks, sucks. it would have been good if they killed her right then and there um like she tortured bix in a horrible way she probably should have got punched in the face a little bit yeah um but yeah this finale i mean it seems like those two are, are pushed together for real now. They are probably going to be our psycho wildcard duty or yeah. d- duty. Psycho <laughs> duty. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so the finale seems to be setting up Dedra and Cyril as this just wildcard duo next season. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Maybe a little bit of weird, like Joker, Harley Quinn, toxic fictional relationship romance thing going on. Mm-hmm. Gross. God. I hate
3: this.
2: All right. Two questions out of this though. Mm-hmm. We know, right? Dedra was a field officer for the ISB um before she came in and was like a supervisor or whatever. But do we think is this the first time she found herself in like a face-to-face with a life and death situation? She's she was genuinely absolutely terrified.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't
0: think she's ever been in anything like that before. Yeah. Because I mean, with the explosions going off and and that much blaster fire it was a little bit more like an actual combat situation. I think she yeah. was just kind of more of like an enforcement cop. Like she probably wasn't seeing that much blaster fire. She probably wasn't right. seeing that many people actively fighting against her. Yeah. yeah, this is this is probably her first time in an actual like war zone, yeah. if
2: you yeah. will. She's, she's like the, on only the only Navy, one that
1: we so.
0: yeah, she's
2: the only one we really see outside the ISB offices. All the others like when everything's going down with preguard, they're all just in the conference room watching oh, yeah. it go down mm-hmm. uh and then do we also think this is the first time anyone did something like this i.e saving her for her like this is the first time someone actually did something for her out of weird obsessive affection
1: <laughs> oh yeah this is like this is some weird like star-crossed horrible lovers shit happening
0: here. oh i hate them
1: <laughs> I, I hate them but i also am going to love to hate them Yeah, oh, my kind of jam exactly. (laughs) But yeah, definitely. I don't think Dedra's ever had anyone do anything for her. She seems like just kind of a go-getter by herself, and is used to doing things on her own. And then she can't do this on her own, like "Mm, girl. She should have like whipped off that freaking white jacket and just like started
2: sprinting. (laughs) Yep, I'm really glad you went with that. <laughs> when you start talking no. about ripping Mm-mm. off the white jacket and no,
1: thinking about not, the deposit, no. <laughs> she's not gonna be ripping anything else off in front of Cyril, who is our yeah. next guy, shoots his shot and wins. I mean, we gotta give it up for him, I guess, for this one win that Cyril.
0: I will give him gets. nothing.
1: <laughs> and I know that Anders disagrees with me, but Cyril actually is brave here. No, brave being like the opposite of the coin of stupid like bravery stupidity goes hand in hand like he runs out into a rioting crowd i mean yeah he is wearing civilian clothing but that means an imperial person could attack him too so it's like he also I acts instinct him. oh yeah completely hate him for real but he instinctually just goes he moves. oh daniel he moves God, he him. moves without thinking <laughs> <laughs> Anders goes too. He just wanted. Yeah. All right. I think that like Cyril here, he's showing off that like reason that we are interested in him as a character. Just that like his instincts are sharp. But then his instincts are only focused on Dedra, which is probably not good. Like he leaves Moss behind after they had their Mm -hmm. buddy cop scene with the switching of the hats, because they looked better, I suppose, with different hats on. Just Uh like even he watching like the marva speech you could tell like he was being affected by it too but in a different way yeah. he's like oh shit shit's gonna go down not like yeah. oh shit she actually like has points he actually it's <laughs> like oh no the empire is gonna get attacked and that means Deadra's is gonna get attacked and that's the only interest i have is Dedra because i'm playing uh... oil. <sighs> oh god it's <laughs> like a really bad Look, jane Austen you need adaptation. to hide your boner
0: we're in public
1: yeah, no the thing he's When Cyril t- has to, Ooh. yeah, like
0: when Mosk has to tell you, like, yo, you're wilding out. Calm down. <laughs> what a loser! What a loser! Oh
1: my god, it was so funny though. Um, questions like, will this have him climbing the ladder at the ISB, or is Dedra just going to keep him like devoted war dog on a leash?
0: I wouldn't be surprised if he was like her little assistant next time we see him. Mm. Yeah.
1: Like yeah, if Gaunt Jake uniform. Gyllenhaal has
0: been replaced.
1: <laughs> oh, poor Gaunt Jake Gyllenhaal. We barely need <laughs> I think he's just going to be like following her around with like this weird uniform on because he's not really ISB, but he's always there. And people are like, what the fuck is happening
2: right now? He's her CI.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two very interesting characters, but damn, this is some weird shit, guys.
0: Yeah, it's not a permanent ride along with her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh
3: God. Mm
2: All right, Uh, Daniel. Let's move on from this and get into
3: some of our
0: themes here. So we've got freedom and the fight. So Nimic and Marva, they would have loved each other. I mean, they would have loved each other. Just fantastic speeches from both, and uh, unfortunately, neither alive to give those speeches for real. Um, they were both recordings but they talk about similar things the needs to fight against tyranny it might seem hard even impossible uh nimic's manifesto is a little more hope-filled than marva's uh speech which is just she starts off so happy talking about her uh about her planet ferrix and then when it comes to the empire she got angry and she was right um you know, Nemec talks about freedom being this pure idea that incur that occurs spontaneously and without instruction. Which was God, I love that. Uh, and he says there's there's armies who have already uh, been activated by the empire, and they just don't know it yet. And they'll find out in time. And uh, we got to see Ferrex's army unite. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were ready for the call when when Marva sounded it.
1: Which so Ferex
2: cool. answered the call.
1: They did. <laughs> They were there when the Westfold fell. (laughs) (laughs) Ferris was there. Damn it.
0: (laughs) Marva was there as uh, a brick getting smashed into a fascist face.
1: Oh, yeah. For real, though. For real. Beautiful. As she would
0: have wanted.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm a weapon. Like, totally use me. I'm in your hands. Just totally. Yeah, it's fine. And why were all of those people of Ferris there? Mm, Another theme. I love this theme. This might be my favorite line from the entire season. Marva says this to Cassian before he leaves. That's just love. When he says like he won't be able to help worrying about her. Ultimately, this is what drives people to action, especially in Star Wars. It's usually threats to loved ones, friends, family, significant others, and or is pushed to the rebellion because of Clems and eventually Marva's deaths. Like They are the catalyst that sends him there. He sees what the Empire did to Bix, this horrible torture, like she can't stand hardly. He has to basically carry her out of the building. He sees what the Empire does to innocent people who are thrown in prison and then kept there forever, just to die horribly, like euthanized on the floor by somebody who doesn't care, or that is just so apathetic because he knows he won't be able to leave either. In the end, it's all about these connections. Like at this point, Val is another example like is she in the rebellion mainly for Cinta now she might have started out like as this bright-eyed recruit being like I'm rich I'm a rich girl and I'm bored and I'm gonna go join the rebellion yeah. but then she sees what things are like on the ground and she meets Cinta, and she knows Cinta's past that her family was killed by stormtroopers like she's been directly affected by the empire as well and I she like she found this love idea. in a
2: new hope place
1: oh my god that was terrible and awesome at the same time exactly i agree (laughs) like there's a reason that it's called a new hope like hope and love go hand in hand and there are what's needed to defeat the empire in the end yeah
2: it's true and lastly here, we have this concept of living beyond death or kind of living on after death. So a central goal of the Empire, of the Emperor, is immortality. He is obsessed with living forever. We saw Shades of This in Revenge of the Sith
0: and
3: Rise of Skywalker. <clears throat> I'm uh, sorry,
2: in-
0: why did you pause? I, I only heard one movie. <laughs> uh, in contrast,
2: the Jedi also find- seek out Well, they don't really seek out, but they find a path to immortality. Hi, Force Ghosts!
3: Mm -hmm. yay!
2: In this episode, we get Nemec, whose words are lasting after his death, and Marva achieves her own form of life after death. Her speech to the people uses her spirit to invigorate the crowd, and her words delivered by Brasso inspire Cassian to do all he can for the cause. She lives on through her legacy— And she's still in the fight. As Daniel mentioned, Brasso uses her brick to land several blows.
0: (laughs) It's awesome. I cannot mention this enough. It's just so beautiful.
2: She always wanted to be lifted right into a fascist head.
3: Yeah. Yay. <laughs> um,
0: I just, I really hope Cassian uploads Nemex manifesto to the uh, like whatever internet they have. Just I upload, have a upload a it for net. free for everyone.
1: Yes. There it goes. Let me. everyone get it. It's hard to take down too. Yeah. <laughs> Once it's out there, it is hard to take down. Yeah. Whew. Okay. I think we're ready to head into our next section the homage, mm-hmm. Easter eggs, callbacks, and connections. We're going to start with the episode title, Rick's Road. First of all, love alliteration, here for it. The title of this episode is a callback to earlier this season, which will also make me cry. This is the location where Clem was publicly strung up. Like, this is the main road in Oh, And yeah, mm. Marva mentioned this earlier, how this is after Aldani. She finally got over her fear of the place where she hadn't been able to walk since Clem died. And after Aldani, she did walk through with her head held high. And now she gets to deliver her lasting funeral address, this impassioned yeah. speech at this site, just like Chef's Kiss Beautiful. It's like poetry, it rhymes.
0: It's so good. I mean, <laughs> speaking of poetry and all that, uh, mm. if if that's where Clem was strung up, that's likely where Pac was too, because yeah, uh T wanted to hang him. And then uh his son Wilman gets his revenge. Throwing that bomb on Rick's road too, yeah. Yep. That's oh, I, l- I love what it rhymes like that. Mm. So we get to see a familiar shuttle when Dedra lands her shuttle on Ferrex. There's a Zeta class shuttle parked next to her. That is the same model that is eventually going to take the call sign Rogue One and raid Scarif. So dun, that was dun, nice dun. seeing that one.
2: Of course, we can't be talking about gambling. Uh, Mon Mothma mentions. The Casino Planet Cantobite from the Last mm-hmm. Jedi in her bereavement of Perrin. Like, just don't do it on Coruscant. You promise you wouldn't do it here. Go to Cantobite.
0: Right. Yeah, get on the Faviers and just chill out with some weird aliens.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And if head it to here, resort. like resort. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Garbala. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Lego Star Wars! Please watch Lego Star Wars. <laughs> okay. Next, we have the holographic call to action. Marvel looms large over the crowd as she tells them to fight. Much larger than Leia did when she told Obi-Wan Kenobi he was her only hope. This speech, while very, very furious, is also a more traditional call-to-action speech that we would expect from a show like this, as well as Nemec's manifesto. Definitely, like, the language was beautiful here, yeah. but seeing it written is very different from hearing it, because oh, seeing yeah. it written, like, seeing Luthin's speech written out, I was like, Hmm, that I would definitely break that up if I were writing it. Like, you'd write some other directions in there to break it up, but then no. hearing it live, it works so long as you have the right performer giving the speech. Mm-hmm.
0: It's all about the delivery. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to try and replicate it because the way Fiona Shaw says bastards is so amazing. Her plea to the people of Fairix to fight these bastards just. Oh, it reuses some of the language that Luthan did in the opening episodes when he told Cassian he could fight these bastards for real. Mm-hmm. Love the poetry. It rhymes. Yes, <laughs>
2: Even more rhyming, we get Nemec's words, Oppression is the Mask of Fear, which call back to Narkina 5 when Cassian says mm-hmm. power doesn't panic. Yes, It also connects in with the Jedi tenet that fear leads to the dark side. And as Darth Plagueis learned, when you have the power, the one thing you fear most is losing it.
1: Mm -hmm. definitely god this show is so good (laughs) okay next this was also another one of my favorite moments from this episode try yoda's quote is one of the most famous in star wars do or do not there is no try we have a callback from this in rebels kanan and ezra talk about this a lot actually trying to decide how to interpret it because they don't understand what the f yoda was talking about but here we get nemic telling everyone to just try because so long as the people continue to struggle against the Empire, they keep trying, one single thing will eventually break out. Yeah. And I love this. I, I'm like, Yoda, you're so full of shit. I like when we actually get moments like this. Because yeah. do or do or not, there is no try. as a very old person kind of thing. Like, okay, Boomer, Yoda, good. Thanks for your words of wisdom. This interpretation is much more like, in line with, I think, the light side. Like, you have to keep trying. You have to keep struggling. I loved it.
0: Yeah. And, oh, we got got mention of the tunnels, so before she died, Marva was out confirming that the tunnels to the hotel still existed and were unencumbered for the rebellion, and those same tunnels end up being what Cassian uses to get around undetected and into the hotel, and it's God, oh, Marva. (laughs)
1: So good. She's just out here, like, doing her best for the Rebellion. I love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, my God.
2: Uh, and lastly, of course, that post-credits, we have the Death Star. We finally know what they were making in Arcana 5. This really continues a tradition we saw in Rebels, where the characters are part of several key events connected with the construction of the weapon, but they are none the wiser about it. The fr- I don't know about you guys, but for me also, the framing of the Death Star at the end was very reminiscent of the show's logo. The circle with kind of the spike coming down the middle, but before I take it to be part of the Rebellion sigil, but now to see it kind of mirrored in something, in a weapon of the Empire I thought was really cool.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very. Good way
0: to have uh, allusions to both in there. I like that.
2: Yeah. All right, guys. This was the (laughs) season finale. So... (laughs) Little bit of season wrap-up questions I have for you guys. Mm -hmm. Starting with one that we were kind of talking about way back at the beginning, the release schedule. What is our final opinion on the way this show is released? Would you change it for season two if you could?
1: Ultimately, no. This had a very water cooler show feel for me. Like once we got going and I was like, okay, it's going to be arcs. We kind of know what to expect heading forward i i of course i would love it all to drop at the same time cuz i just like to binge but also it kind of made me like more excited for every
3: yeah week.
0: so i i am glad that they dropped the first 3 at once because the first arc was a little bit slower the first two episodes were really setting the groundwork for the world that we were going into and then 3 was our gateway into the wider story and and so I appreciate that they dropped the first three at once. Uh, I think it probably wouldn't have seen as many people get invested if they had done just one episode a, a week for the first three. But I like like Colleen, you were saying. I want that week by week. Like I I love that time to sit and really think about the performances, the the messages, like what they were trying to convey in that episode. And if we if we binge it, I don't think. People would be really connecting as much as they did because they would just be zooming through it and not sitting and really taking in what this show's trying to say.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, I agree with you guys. I, the only thing I could have thought of, I mean, I straight up I couldn't. I mean, I could binge the show, but I might have a heart attack doing that because yeah. the level of tension and trying to sustain that for twelve hours would be insane. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I think the best uh, way to like mix the two. Is if maybe if they drop them in like three episode chunks at a time. I
2: was thinking about that too. But then I kind of started thinking like, oh, if they're going to do that, they may as well just make them almost as movies and not have the, so I, but I'm with you guys. I I wouldn't change it. I loved the week to week release. I loved talking about it, thinking about it, Mm -hmm. getting that time to sit with it. It was amazing. So in the end, how quote unquote star Warsy, would you say this show was? And when we get into season two, we want more or less Star Wars-y type stuff, depending on how you define Star wars That was kind of one of the complaints from a few people. Internet the trolls.
1: Bricks, the bricks <laughs> and the screws. Oh my God.
0: Okay. I just, yeah, I gotta I gotta say something about that real quick. That is such a goofy critique, considering one that bricks and screws have been part of Star Wars forever. Like, come on, what are we talking about? But also, like... Star Wars is something that, like, I'm glad that they're expanding into different genres. It is fun space opera uh, stuff going on in the movies, but I'm glad that the TV shows have let us explore different things. We got a little bit more fun and campy stuff sometimes in Rebels and stuff because it was a cartoon, and, like, that's the place to explore it. This one, we're getting more spy drama and more grounded kind of Uh, like it's written towards a more adult audience not so much kids like a lot of this content is for Mm -hmm. I. and then uh, they have a future uh, project coming up that's going to be somewhat of like a space horror thing going on Uh, we've got the Acolyte which is going to be a different kind of thriller uh, stuff surrounding the Sith there's all these different places we can take Star Wars so I don't think we should say like there's one Star Wars way it all should have to be like right. no, let it branch out. Maybe some content's not for you, and you don't have to watch it.
3: But That's like true.
0: I don't know. I just wish like I'm I like that they're gonna play in different sandboxes with Star Wars, because there's so many different parts of this universe. We mm-hmm. can like in Andor get real into the nitty-gritty of like the regular soldiers that made the rebellion work, or Go over into episode uh, three and watch like you know absurd hero fantasy stuff going on, <laughs> and not saying that in a bad way. I love the absurd hero fantasy stuff, but it's a much different approach. Like I, mm-hmm. I want there to be many different sandboxes to play in. Yes, like,
1: we want different voices. Like we yes. love. I kind of love that Tony Gower was like, I know about Star Wars, but I don't know a lot about Star Wars. Uh-huh. Like he knew enough to craft a show that felt very star wars to me it's about hope it's about love it's about relationships there are sci-fi elements this was less sci-fi fantasy and i think that's what a lot of the complaints come from is that people really like the fantasy elements yeah the jedi the force things like that and it's like yeah that is a part of this world but these are characters who they might know about the force or know about the jedi but that has nothing to do with their everyday lives Exactly, this is the small folk. I want to hear from the small folk. I don't just want to hear from the royalty. This exactly just gave us a different perspective and it Mm -hmm. made us appreciate Rogue One a whole lot more. Like, I love Rogue Mm -hmm. One, it's in my top three Star Wars things, especially Star Wars films. And this show just gives that even more depth. And I love that. Like, this is what a prequel is for.
3: Yes, this is
1: to flesh out the character that we didn't know very much about give him a reason to be in the rebellion and i love that somebody i don't remember where it was probably on facebook said i didn't like andor because i knew what happened to cassian and i was like cassian was not even close to my favorite character on the show no not <laughs> yeah. even close not even close i love you cassian and diego luna is amazing but for this show they just gave us so much more and i love that i want more like just yeah America. yeah
2: so I'm, a, I'm mostly I, I agree with you guys. Like if I were to kind of get into like nitpicky stuff and like some other kind of quote unquote Star Wars stuff that I would want to see. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind another a couple more space battles, you know, just for fun.
0: I, mean. I, will, I will always say yes. To space I know battles. like this
2: show is very grounded, um, but especially with Cassian joining up more with the wider rebellion, there's more of a mm-hmm. chance for that. The show was mm-hmm. very grounded, especially in the fact that it took place mostly on the ground. Yeah. Um and one more thing that even like Tony Gilroy has um brought up in interviews that it, he did mm-hmm. hear the critique and is work and they are working to kind of address it in season 2 is more aliens. Okay, like when cool. we're in places cool. like the ISB and the Halls of Power on Coruscant it makes sense for there to be more humans. Yeah.
3: Exactly. But like I
2: even noticed it. You know, we had some background aliens on Ferrix, but I think I spotted he one did. during that riot and I'm like, riot. no, there have to be more aliens on that
0: planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like a red skinned looking human yeah. and, and then a, an alien
2: with like a trunk. Yeah. Uh, so they are working to address that in season two. But other than that, like, keep doing what you're doing.
3: Yeah.
2: All right. Okay. Even though I know you wouldn't pick him anyway, Colleen, um, favorite <laughs> character out of the season, Cassian's officially ineligible. Let's see. He's the title character. That'd be too easy.
1: Yeah, that's way too easy. <laughs> um, Let's see. I kind of have to go with mon mothma i think Mm -hmm. i I there are tons of characters in the show that i really enjoyed uh as a writer i always have favorite characters that i wish i'd written (laughs) which is a lot like dedra and cyril are definitely on that list but mon tops it for me because of her like quiet rage and her Mm -hmm. quiet fear her strength and Genevieve O'Reilly I think played this so well like she just killed this role which is a very quiet and simmering like this was a person who had to hide everything from everyone
3: yeah like
1: even from Belle she still hides things from And she hides things the, even Tay like Tay knows more than he probably should know her husband and daughter definitely don't know anything I just liked yeah. this kind of densely coiled person like who could strike at any time but you never suspect her because she's so nice <laughs> she just she seems serene and lovely and kind and mm, boy the empire is in for later
0: <laughs> Genevieve o'reilly conveyed so much with just her face oh, she yeah. was fantastic
1: mm-hmm. uh, an eyebrow i was like ooh
0: oh right Girl. so Mon Mothma was great and I really have come to appreciate her a lot more through this uh, show, but I I've got to give it to Luthen just because he was a character we knew nothing about. Like we already had Mon Mothma from what we've seen of her in Rogue One and uh, what we saw in Rebels and the brief little bit in Return of the Jedi. So like we, we already had some time with her. He was a fresh, completely new character and just came in and really stole the show for me. He, Was just so cold, so calculated. He was just a joy to watch because Stellan Skarsgård is just so good. And he, like you were saying, his monologue. You're like, okay, reading it, that that's good. Sure, like maybe I would have edited some things. The way he delivers it, just spot on. It. He was fantastic, and I just, I really appreciated seeing this side of, of the rebellion of like the personal. Toll that it has taken on him
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, uh and everything he sacrificed it yeah i luthan was was a great addition to star wars yeah great.
2: i would probably normally say luthan but since daniel picked him and for the sake of variety i'm gonna go with clea
1: oh i love great
2: i love clea because she gets all the a lot of those same bits that you get with Luther but i also i love those assistant characters
3: Mm-hmm. except for
2: the fact that when it comes to clay you get the sense that she is she's not like the overlooked assistant she no. does actually see her as a true partner in all of this yeah. and i love their dynamic i love when she just tells Dell, you're being really bad at this
3: yeah yeah
0: you're <laughs> one of many that i deal with
3: right yeah yeah, you yeah, There's special. no way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't be in the position she was with Luthen if he didn't trust her, like, yeah. absolutely. Right. Absolutely.
1: And her fashion was also very good. All
2: right. Favorite sequence in season one?
1: Ooh, this is a tough one. Um, I don't know if I'm going to steal your guys' favorite sequence, but my sequence is the prison riot, Kino Loy's speech. Yeah. Ending in Kino saying he can't swim. Mm. That that sequence had me on an emotional roller coaster that I was not prepared to be on, and just ending that way with Andy circus's face, just like his sadness, but also his thankfulness for what Cassian did, being like I was able to defeat the Empire here, even if I can't swim and can't escape. That sequence for me. This show, I was just in awe, complete awe. Yeah. For that scene.
0: That is probably the best story sequence of the whole show. But I I can't let the Aldani heist go without talking about just how um, I mean, the heist was amazing, but the sequence of them escaping through the eye was so beautifully done. I was really thoroughly impressed with the with the cgi work with how like just the camera angles of like focusing on cassian and the ties and nimic and like just it was so tense and well done so i'm i probably would agree with you on the prison but i really i just have to give a shout out to that moment because it was so good
2: yeah and Adani. i can't th- i can't throw another one in for variety's sake i gotta go with the eye of aldani just it yeah. is so beautiful
0: mm-hmm. um the well, i will say Oh, uh. honorable mention for me though has to be uh when luthan does the cool shit with his ship because i was just like yes 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 <laughs> fondor fondor lego set when i want it
1: yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes oh. that is a lego set you will need oh, yes I would.
3: yes very much so oh, favorite location Ooh.
1: This was difficult. I liked a I'm lot jump, of the places they went. I'm yeah, jumping jump in front, in, I'm jumping I'm in, like, in front
2: here. Uh, I'm going with Aldani. I love the, the Highlands. Yeah,
1: Scotland. Ah, yes. I would love
0: to go camp in there.
1: <laughs> yes, just make sure you bring your heater. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure you bring a space heater and a bunch of flannel blankets. I I mean, space heater, I
2: see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right, everyone. Yeah. Here for the jokes. Daniel, how about you?
0: oh aldani does yeah aldani is probably it though i will say i would go to space miami (laughs)
1: yes go there daniel dance the night sorry i'm
0: lost in the music in my head right now (laughs) Because I know I would be out at a rave until like 4 a.m. at Space Miami. Do I do that in my regular life? No, but I'm in the Amos, baby.
2: You go there. I'm going to be at the actual beach, which is the point. They
3: did have a beach. No, they didn't. (laughs) They had beachers
0: on the water. That was just the the cheaper part of town. I will go find the regular beach. All right. Colleen Mm
2: -hmm. on the spot now.
1: Best location. Um, I'm going to go with Beric's. Just because of the level of detail that went into the town, into the culture, the freaking anvil hammer guy. Who has that? The timekeeper is the anvil hammer. I loved it. The first time I saw him in the trailer, I loved it. Like, this is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. But I think they just really got what this place was and what Mm -hmm. it was built on and how the people kind of related to each other and were family, basically.
0: It had to matter and it really did. It did. And Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, props to them for making me not roll my eyes when I realized we're on another sand planet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was kind of sandy, but it It was a little bit more dirty.
2: It was more clay and dirty, definitely. But I mean, it was very reminiscent of places we have been before. Yes, (laughs) But they made it unique in their own.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, it like could that. have been like they were in that area because that's what they were mining was in that area. There could be nicer spots mm-hmm. on barracks. Yeah. We don't we don't know. We don't Maybe know. there are. I mean, some of the
0: fields that Luther was going over didn't look too bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're they're just probably don't have the ore or whatever yeah. it is that mm. they need there.
2: Looks kind of like Lothal.
1: Yes, very, very Lethal, which is probably why I also liked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it. It
2: made me
1: think of
0: like some mining towns that I've driven through in West West Virginia Virginia and like Pennsylvania and things like that.
1: Mm -hmm. Very tight knit communities there, too. Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: All right. Mm -hmm. So where's this series rank in your total Star Wars rankings? Oh, this could be just gut instinct. Like I I did not prep you guys for this that I was going to ask you this. So I mean, I'll say
0: for TV products. Uh, for TV shows, it's the top. Uh, It is the top. Like, I'm sorry, Rebels. I'm sorry, Clone Wars. These are all great products, but like they are more marketed towards children and, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm an adult. I, I like things marketed to adults. I thought it was very well-written. Like it was, it was much more up my alley. Um, It's the best Star Wars TV in my opinion, Total Star Wars entirely, like with movies and everything. I don't know. Cause that's that's hard to do because like yeah, TVs really and hard movies are different mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean it's up there in terms of of everything. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna go watch Andor before I watch, you know, Attack of the Clones. Sorry, Flo. Uh,
1: <laughs> I would probably watch Andor before I watched a lot of the movies.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh Rebels. <laughs> rebels will always be my my favorite my baby this is a very close yeah. second like rebels is just very very oh, near and dear rebels to my heart is
0: still out <sighs> there for me
1: yeah it's just it's very hard especially when they're in the same era like we are living a great time in this like pre-rebellion slash mid-rebellion era i am loving it yeah i love a rebellion basically. yeah it's uh
2: in terms of total Star Wars rankings, I mean, it's definitely probably towards the top, but it's also really hard for me to separate this from Rogue One.
3: Yeah.
2: So it, that kind of, of that kind of merks it a little bit. And TV rankings, I, I'm tempted to put it, it might be at like number three
0: total. Hmm.
2: But it's, again, it's a little bit harder because I think Rebels is still probably my number one. And I think I might, I might still enjoy mandalorian season one a little bit more than Mm. this season one but if you like average the two mandalorian seasons together this the the average here still kind of comes out on top but that's Mm -hmm. it's a benefit of being such a limited thing
1: yeah yeah kind of like we we really need to see season two yeah which i think is
2: which i think is still going to be super high um uh, but yes. like we talked about this a little bit between like clone wars and rebels like rebels probably has a higher batting average mm-hmm. but clone wars has higher highs and but slightly lower lows
3: yeah
0: agreed
2: agreed clone
1: wars has like the last four episodes of clone wars the, arch, i mean which is Umbara cheating arts, <laughs> yeah the,
0: the last if we arts, could do that
2: the, like, the the last four episodes of clone wars might be my favorite s- star wars ever yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah
1: that is It's so good. I just, mm, every time I think about things that are memorable for me in Star Wars, it's the end of Rebels, the end of Clone Wars. Yeah. This is very high up there now. Like Mandalorian was very good, but I think the thing that got me with Mando was the first time I saw Grogu. Yeah. And that I don't know stretches enough across the show. Mm Mm-hmm. For me, we'll have to see what happens next season with Mandalore itself. I think that will definitely push the series higher for me. Yeah. But it, it's where so that looks
0: like it's going looks so good.
1: I'm very, I'm very excited. Right.
2: <laughs> and lastly, guys, we're here at the end of the fall season, which was the yeah. peak time to be a sci-fi fantasy nerd Mm -hmm. we had over in the mcu we had she hulk and black panther wakanda forever if you were a game of thrones fan there was house of the dragon if you're a lord of the rings fan there was rings of power if you're a star trek head there was lower decks and you're still in the middle of a new batch of prodigy if you're into dc stuff there was black adam which was a sequence of events put on filmed and then marketed as a movie <laughs> um, there was Pennyworth, Titans, and stargirl all on TV in Star mm-hmm. Wars. Not only do we have Andor, we got the dump of Tales of the Jedi. All yeah. of it happening all at once. Yeah, insane. So, question mm-hmm. for you guys: First of all, how was it? <laughs> and however we, much, there was so much, however much, in. however what? much of that you partook in, and where does Andor Ooh! rank amongst it all?
1: I have to add anime in because My Hero Season 6 started and Mob Psycho 100 Season 3 started. Um, out of all I mean, of these, I I think I watched almost everything. I watched She-Hulk, uh, Black Panther, House of the Dragon, Rings of Power. Uh, I only just got Paramount Plus, so I haven't started working on the Star Trek shows yet, but I will. Uh, DC I'm not quite as interested in. I'd much rather watch Marvel. It seems yeah. like that's where I've put my like anime is kind of in the dc slot and of course star wars i watched Andor and or yeah. and tales of the jedi immediately in my rankings it's very difficult <laughs> <laughs> i like all of these things for very different reasons exactly like i come to them for different reasons and now i'm watching dr who also like i go to different products different ips for very different moods Some things I watch immediately, like I watch My Hero and Mob Psycho immediately because I know what I'm going into, but also am excited for where those stories are going. Things that I want to be surprised by is more like Andor, where you think it's going to be one thing and then it's something completely different. (laughs) I really like that. I like that Doctor Who is like that too, that very whimsical yet underlying sadness that is in doctor who that i really appreciate and then ring like rings of power spectacle house of the dragon spectacle and incest i mean (laughs) we pretty much get everything she hulk had that like genre skewing ending that i really really liked the anti-marvel ending
0: it was just fun i Mm -hmm. loved she hulk Mm -hmm. yeah daniel
1: what did you partake in
0: so i uh like you i'm sorry dc unless it's batman i'm probably not gonna be there batman is my main squeeze but sorry dc um i watched andor and tales of the jedi immediately as soon as they came out house of the dragon immediately there um rings of power i'm sorry i tried i tried the first episode i will get back to you and at some point but your costumes were just not on the level of house of the dragon. You did not have the same tailors. It was yeah. noticeably different. Um, She-Hulk watched it and loved it. Wakanda forever cried in the theater uh, on the weekend it came out. So that was fun. Um, it, like you, know, yeah, I come to stuff for different reasons. And like, I also was playing uh new video games that were coming out. God of war tore my heart to pieces uh, over the last few weeks. So like it's I don't, I don't know. Like Andor and House of the Dragon were like event TV Wednesdays and Sundays. My roommate and I were like, okay, what are we doing? Uh when is the recording for this over? So we can watch House of the Dragon. Like we were setting <laughs> every <appointments>. Sunday. <laughs> yeah. We were setting appointments for those. Uh She Hulk was something I did on my own. Like, uh, you know, it's it, it was different things for different reasons, but like. I think probably the most excited I was about stuff was Andor and House of the Dragon TV-wise and I refused to watch Black Adam. I watched Black Panther Wakanda Forever in theaters. That was like one of the last movies I've seen in I don't think I've watched a movie in uh, in theaters for a couple months until Wakanda Forever, but oh, that was great. I don't know if I'm going to go back and watch it again soon because it was really sad. Yeah. Well done though. Great movie.
1: Yeah. Anders, how about you i know that you've been watching everything <laughs> i was gonna say surprising <laughs>
2: no one everything we've talked about except the anime that colleen talked about i have i've watched all of this stuff um i started my hero it was a oh yeah and i got a season of i got one season of my heroine for colleen yes.
1: <laughs> we're gonna talk about that in another podcast we'll talk about
2: that in another <laughs> podcast we'll also talk about doctor who which colleen is watching because of me <laughs> Yes, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah forced fandom it works
2: Sometimes, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of with you guys. Like, I, you go to different things for different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. I think of all of these shows, it, it's it's a tight race, but I'm gonna say Andor is probably the best made yeah. of all of them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It just the direction, the sets, the costumes, everything came together. You know, there were a few shots in House of the Dragon where the the suspension of disbelief with the dragons might have been just a little suspended. They made up for it in the end, though. I did not have a problem with that. I have never had a problem with that. I stand by that take. I mean, they made up for it in, you know, a very nice aerial dragon battle that was amazing. But Andor, (laughs) I think, just tightly written, so well made, so well done. I probably had the most fun with She-Hulk. Fun. It yeah. just so much fun.
1: It sizzled, it crackled.
2: Yeah. I also Charlie
1: Cox was in it.
2: <laughs> it also just has so much fun. I had so much fun with Pennyworth. It's so mm-hmm. funny. A like 60s, 70s British spy drama with if steampunk elements.
1: To watch, <laughs> if I was gonna watch a DC thing, it would be that because I really like yeah. Alfred. <laughs> yeah.
0: Alfred's a badass. Love him.
2: It's just it's it's so ridiculous and it's so funny. And by the end of this season, I just kept wanting his mom to get laid.
1: Get after it, girl. (laughs)
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Um, but now I'm kind I'm a little relieved that the season is pretty much over. (laughs) Now it's movies. Now it's movie season. Now it's yeah, now it's Christmas movie season.
1: (laughs) I already saw Glass Onion, so you guys have to uh it
2: wasn't playing anywhere near me.
0: That's same for me. I was trying to go see it uh, because I have a tradition. We always go to the movies on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Uh, It did not work. So we watched the uh, Christmas story, Christmas, which was pretty good. I was really surprised. I was going in really nervous. And
1: yeah, that wasn't bad.
0: That spirited was pretty good.
1: Spirited was very cute. I was very pleasantly surprised. I love a musical. So I was like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, (laughs) I love a Christmas Carol. I'm in. Muppets is still better, but this was absolutely this. <laughs>
2: <sighs> All right. And so, with much that, content, <laughs> so much content, you oh guys. so much content. I'm God. so tired. <laughs> yeah. All right. And with that, we'll move into our final section here. Any lingering questions we had coming out of this andor finale and our predictions for what's coming next?
1: Okay. Well, this is kind of heavy. <laughs> yeah. This is actually it's been weighing on me Nemix Manifesto amazing, fantastic. What it doesn't mention, though, is that freedom is a constant struggle. It's never secure. People need to fight, keep fighting for freedom, because there will always be someone who wants to take that freedom away in order to gain their own power. And online, there was a lot of pushback against this. They're like, yes, we love this manifesto. However, the sequel trilogy happened. Palpatine somehow returns. The First Order rises, Leia is a general again, she has to go to war and be the leader for everyone struggling against this evil. And it's disheartening in a way to see the people of Ferex rise up to know that the Emperor is defeated eventually only for it all to come crashing down in the sequel trilogy. Um, People don't like this kind of inevitability, at least from some of the takes I've seen saying that it makes everything feel very futile but i think that's kind of the point of the whole exercise marva says the empire is a disease that thrives in darkness we get harry potter remembering something that dumbledore said it is important to fight and fight again and keep fighting for only then could evil be kept at bay though never quite eradicated and i think that's really important for star wars too like there are reasons we don't like certain elements of the sequel trilogy but i don't Think we hated that the first order rose because that is yeah. what fascists do. Oh my, it's I like mean, we're seeing it right now.
0: So like the EU continually had the empire yes. coming back, yes. or the new Devils. Sith order coming back, or like mm-hmm. a new mm-hmm. Sith empire. Like there was always, or the Yuzan Vong showed up. Like yes. there was always something else happening. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the nature of what's going to happen. Like yes. in these universes.
1: And right. especially in fiction, when you need shit to happen. Yes. <laughs> if, right. you, if you want a story, you need a plot. And I just liked this idea that freedom is a very delicate gift that needs to yeah. be treasured and protected. I liked that aspect of it.
2: True. I will say it does mention in the the first line that we hear, it does mention struggle and how it seemingly yeah. might be impossible.
3: Yes. Um, yeah.
2: But I like that it kind of like ties in to the the stand versus climb Mm-hmm. from several episodes ago where kino is like climb reach come on let's go it's not just a simple stand up it is right. a constant struggle and you're always moving um mm-hmm. i think that's that just that,
1: the first action is the standing
2: right mm-hmm. it kind of gets back to um that poem throughout the revenge of the sith novelization the darkest patient and it always mm-hmm. wins but the light of the single yeah. candle can keep it at bay that <laughs> <laughs> love can ignite the stars people
1: Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs>
2: it's the only good but thing to come out of Revenge of the Commander of Vengeance
1: says. The novelization, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Obi Wan's hair—I mean, he looks great in that movie. <laughs> but I—I I, I like this idea of like I really would have preferred it not to be Palpatine, but I am glad that they—they they show this. Like, yeah. it's never over the problems are never over for luke for leia han runs away from the problem luke runs away from the problem leia faces it head on and i think we get we're going to get that here too like cassian and jin lose their lives give their lives for the rebellion to defeat the first death star and i don't think that's futile at all mm-hmm. like i can see why people are like but it just makes the blah 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 not mean anything. It's like, yes, I get your frustration because it happens in real life. And a lot of times we go into fiction to escape real life. But this is definitely like the mirror that we're looking into and being like, hmm, do I have any bricks that I can crush fascists with <laughs> nearby? I mean, we, we got bricks, right? It's just, always
0: morally correct to hit a fascist with a brick. Is
1: that exactly
0: legally maybe it's not right but
1: hmm.
0: morally you hit them with your yes.
1: words <laughs> you totally in minecraft
0: uh, everything i'm saying is in minecraft
1: yes not exactly. talking about
0: anything in real life
1: redacted everything is yeah. redacted um allegedly,
0: allegedly allegedly
1: allegedly it's all been just blacked out
3: <laughs> um,
1: moving on to season two uh, predictions We already know that K2 is coming. Very excited. I really want to see B again, though. I want to see Bix and Brasso and know that they're going to be okay. Like, are they going to fit into the larger rebellion? Hopefully not. I kind of want them to, like, live their lives peacefully once the Empire is defeated. Like, stay hidden away. Please let Cassian do the heavy lifting with his boyfriend. And then Jin, (laughs) who comes in at the end. Um, I want to know what happens with Luthan. Like, how long is he going to be with us for season two? Is he going to be kind of that midpoint death that really kind of pushes Cassian forward? But then in Rogue One, Cassian is also much colder. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if Luthan's death makes him withdraw a little bit. Like, yes, he's going to be full for the for the rebellion. He is fulcrum, but he has no handler at this point. He's got k2 which is super helpful i'm sure yeah. <laughs> like feeding into his uh pessimistic attitude i'm just curious to see where Luthen dies how this affects cassian and i also want to see how the rebellion grows from here and how Luthen will either change his tactics or keep them going because it's time kind of, it's working yeah like it's working anders how about you
2: so one thing I was a little confused about the first time I watched the episode is when the Ferrex people start chanting stone and sky. This is obviously it's a really powerful thing. It gets through to Bix. You can see her start to chant it in her cell. Mm-hmm. Stone I get. They've been talking about Marva being of the stone now,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but sky just seemed a little off to me. And in fact, still does a little bit just for the people of Ferex. In the context of the full season, I think it has to do with the sky actually ties back to Aldani and the eye. These two cultures that we've seen with very, very steeped tradition, stone and sky, Ferex and Aldani. Mm-hmm. But again, for the people of Ferex, that just doesn't make a whole lot of as much sense to me. Well, I don't know. What do you guys
3: think about that? Way-
0: The way I took it, there's a lot of like scrapping going on of um, of vehicles and stuff. They seem to ship out a lot of materials. So I thought as as kind of like the stone, the bricks that they produce, and also the sky is you know their avenue to the wider world. It's it's how they like get their products out. It's you know it's a huge part of their life. It seemed like to me. So like I I, I figured they.
1: Like yeah. Earth and Sky, there's two realms. There's Earth and there's Sky, like yeah. heaven, and then the world beneath. Mm-hmm. I think it probably comes from some sort of folklore that we maybe just yeah. didn't get to. But yeah, yeah, when they first started chanting and I was like, hmm? <laughs> like, why yeah, like I would have expected them
2: to be like of the stone. Of or the stone. like
1: stone and fire, maybe because they yeah. make you yeah. make bricks with fire. But Sky is like this lofty hope, I think, and the stone is like Earth where they are. Yeah, and
0: she was, uh, Marva was talking about, she longs to lift people up. Mm. Uh, That's true. And so, you know, we're reaching farther into the sky and everything with each step, so.
1: And we're climbing. Always climbing. (laughs) Always climbing. Always climbing. (laughs) All right. Symbolism.
0: (laughs) Small question
2: here. I can't be the only one who thought that Sun was making a suicide bomb, right?
0: Totally. I didn't think that he was making a suicide bomb, but I definitely when I saw the hollow from the backside, I thought he was focusing on Cassian. I thought he was going to try and attack Cassian on his own at first until Mm. they flipped and showed that it was Pac's face instead. Like, so that's what I was worried about the whole time. I was like, oh no, don't blame him.
1: (laughs) I'm very glad it was not a suicide bomb. Very glad. did not not need to see a young teenage man do that in Star Wars
0: didn't need to see I that mean, glad yeah, we did
2: good see throw that.
0: though son uh,
1: very yeah. yeah he's got
2: an arrow
0: yeah
1: he really yeah. does mm-hmm.
2: speaking of young people cassie and sister mm. like this can't be a di- they have to pick this up in season two right it seems like so yeah. weird yeah. that they just left this dangling like marva's told him to leave it alone but mm-hmm. we never like got anything where he like makes a decision to actually put that down or finally gets any kind of closure on it. Like I feel like this this is the one kind of plot point that I was just like, this is kind of the inciting incident of the show. It's why yeah. he's on Morlana one in the in the opening mm-hmm. to just not have addressed it. So
0: little confused. I definitely think plot. it's gonna come back. um it has yeah. to. I mean, because he he goes to his mom who tells him like you know drop it, and then he gets arrested not soon after. Uh, or not long after, and then you know he goes through prison where he can't do anything about it for a while. Right. When he finally gets out, he learns Deirdre, his mom dies, and he's he right back. So yeah.
1: Dedra could use I think it it it'll pick back for her. her. Yeah, it's, like maybe it's they go searching for back. Cassian's sister. Like that could be yeah. the Cyril uh, and Dedra adventure.
2: <laughs> could be. Yeah. I think Tony Garoy has said that. Like, I mean, in his mind, Cassian never truly puts it down. Like even all the way through the events of Rogue One, it's still in the back of his mind, which is fine but it just seemed like a really odd thing to leave hanging yeah Um,
0: yeah i bet it's addressed again
2: and then as far as season two goes i don't really have anything specific that i really want to see like maybe a tiny crossover with the rebels crew like there's got to be plenty Mm -hmm. of opportunities for them to cross paths even in a very very small way
1: luthan saying there's more fulcrums than you to Cassian be like, you're not the only something. One. <laughs> or maybe,
2: you know, maybe maybe we do get a space battle and we get a glimpse of the ghosts. Like it doesn't have to oh be like gosh. a whole episode thing.
1: I would die. I'd be like the the gift but Ultimately, I'm just ex- I'm just is.
0: excited to see what's next. If we saw Cassian like meet up and hand something off to a live action hera, I would mm. probably cry.
1: Yeah, like real. if I chopper saw the helps- helps- what does chopper oh, if chopper helps chopper. like
0: if chopper
2: helps like reprogram uh, K two, <laughs> I would
1: die.
0: That'd be amazing.
1: I mean, it would be more like an AP five move to <laughs> no. program. Yeah, K two to be like that. But...
0: <laughs> I'll reprogram the little bastard.
1: Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh man. Oh, that would be amazing. So, I I think season two is gonna continue the trend of being terribly sad and getting uh, some horrible experiences for Cassian because he says that all of them there have done horrible things for the, for the rebellion and that, Mm -hmm. you know, they needed all the matter. They need it to mean something. And I think we're going to see Cassian do some good, but we're also going to see, we're going to see the toll that it takes on him because I mean, he believes in what he's doing. But he knows that it's just like what Luthan was saying. It, it takes a little bit of your soul. And I think we're going to see that. We're probably going to see him maybe fall out with Luther, but I don't think Luthan's surviving the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I assume at some point, you know, we're going to get... Do we get a full answer about Casting Sister? Probably not. I'm fine with some things just not getting an answer, but I do hope it's addressed. If we just dropped it entirely from this point... Right. I would be very confused. I, I don't really need any like crossovers with anyone other than like my love of the rebels crew. Like if that happened, it would be great. I just wouldn't want it to be a big focus. I I'm fine with just like Melshi coming back and maybe I'm fine with that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I hope we see more Saw Gerrera. I mm, I hope we focus. Saw. Yeah, I as much as i love the rebels crew my one worry is like i don't really need to see ezra or kanan i love them i love them so much let me say that right now but mm-hmm. no i jedi. don't want to see any jedi yeah no i don't want to see any jedi in this i i want to stick with the regular people on the ground um and i think tony gilroy is on the same wavelength yeah so fingers crossed on that um so, excuse me i do hope we um we see a lot more of the ISB as well. Like keep keep that focus that we had.
1: We need to know that, like that was, was Solani. So Does Lonnie survive? <laughs> I doubt oh, it.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little bit bigger of a role uh, mm-hmm. as he's like working inside. Because I bet Dedra is gonna, you know, she's gonna be on the warpath after what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited, and plus I think. They were saying it's gonna progressively get a little bit closer and closer to the events of Rogue One, yeah. so I think it'll be cool to have you know we'll, we'll go on an arc uh for three episodes and then oh god we're did we just jump forward a year for yeah. these next three arcs mm-hmm. like i it'll be cool to just like the the jump in time i I loved how contained you know this first season was within a i think it was about six month like, time frame or so yes. yeah, I said yeah. it
1: was gonna be the yeah. year like the first okay. year. And then the next season is going to be four years. basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, as much as I loved the, like the contained time space of this one, it'll be cool to, you know, we can, we can be a little bit more expansive with the story next season. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Otherwise I'm just so excited. I'm glad they're starting filming soon.
1: Me too. I think they did. Yeah. They
2: started They're They're
1: in production yeah. now. Yeah. I'm like, so, Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> thank goodness. Amazing. Because I need it. Mm-hmm. I desperately need more of this. Very yeah. excited for Mando in, season three, but I, I'm actually more excited for Andor season yeah. two at this point.
0: Put me in carbonite until Mando season three starts. Let I'm me watch that. Put ex- me back in carbonite until Andor season two. I think I I'm still most
2: two. excited for the acolyte, but
1: acolyte is yep. big on my list. Ahsoka is what I am.
0: Ahsoka is definitely right yeah. Will always and forever love Ahsoka, but acolyte yeah. I am very excited for.
1: Just because we know it's going to be different. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The
0: idea of it, it just sounds so cool.
1: Yes. Like, giving me the chills a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. I think that's where we're going to end our Andor coverage, at least for season one. Thank yes. you so much for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcast, and hit that follow button. Leave us a five-star review. We love that shit. Check out our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films and other Disney Plus shows. Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find me and Anders on Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. And Daniel will be joining us shortly soon for a forced fandom into anime. Very excited about that. You can find my book reviews on bohemiangeekstudies.com as well. And of course, you know, join us next time. We're actually going to be taking a look at the series of animated shorts, Tales of the Jedi, which we are very, very excited to talk about.
0: Yes, I have many opinions, all good.
1: Yes, so many opinions for Tales of the Jedi. But you know, everybody, until then, remember, authority is brittle. Oppression is the mask of fear. One single thing will break the siege. Try. <laughs>
0: Fuck your shit, Nimic. I love you.
1: <laughs> what a genius. Like what a what a cute little Marxist. I love this. Oh, <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next
3: time. Uh...